Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Gary Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. This week, we watched 51st Dates, which is our second Sandler, Barrymore, Trist. Our third Barrymore. Our second Sandler, Barrymore. Correct. Um, And I don't know when it came out. I didn't look it up. It came out in... 2004 and if you you didn't if you watch this movie you didn't need to know that the soundtrack would tell you I was 15 years old again listening also, to this soundtrack I love like the video that he makes for her the year in review video does not hold up. I was like this is fantastic we'll get into it, it came out in 2004 it holds I, I think a generous 45 percent on Rotten Tomatoes it is directed by Peter Siegel and written by George Wing it is the idiot's eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. <laughs> That's a great way to describe it. Mm-hmm. This is eternal yeah. sunshine for idiots. Yeah, it's like the, oh, well, I haven't seen eternal sunshine in a really long time, but it's like the more problematic eternal sunshine. Um, throw eternal sunshine on the list because I bet it doesn't fully hold up. But and I, but I bet it doesn't have brown face. Um, the premise of this movie, but you know what it does have? Kirsten Dunst. You know what I, who I love in a movie? Kirsten Dunst. She's one of the yeah, people maybe, erasing their memories. Maybe she and Mark Ruffalo have sex. I, as a high wow, schooler, we wanted, really need to revisit that movie because I don't remember any of that. I watched it a lot because I was trying to make like weird alternative boys love me in high school. So I was like, I guess sure. I have to watch Eternal Sunshine a bunch. Um, I also tried to read Catch 22 and listen to The Clash. I was... <laughs> trying to be a whole different person <laughs> anyway <laughs> r.i.p that kid um, <laughs> 51st dates is about uh adam sandler who is a player which he doesn't need to be that we drop that very quickly but he falls in love he meets um in a diner and forms a crush on drew barrymore and they agree to meet for breakfast the next day and it turns out that she has a traumatic brain injury where she relives the same day over and over again and so she doesn't remember him she does not have any short-term memory she cannot form new short-term memories but he is falling in love with her and so he Uh, figures out a way to remind her who he is every day and they built a relationship where he literally has to start from scratch each day like a lot of sandler movies it is a but he doesn't he doesn't start from scratch each day because he like tells her like this is where we're at and our relationship catches her up and so like and then she like you know needs a minute but then like tends to get there yes because he makes her video so her father and brother played by her brother played by Sean Astin and her father played by uh, Sean Hunter's father from Boy Meets World. Um, basically, re- <clears throat> after she goes to sleep each night, reset each day so she can do the same thing over and over again. And when Adam Sandler shows up, he's like, <clears throat> no, she deserves to move forward in her life. So in order to figure out how to do that, he makes her a video being like, here's who I am. Here's where we are in our relationship. And you're right. Then she like processes it. And, and, you know, there are twists and turns. It's a very sweet premise and a very dumb movie, which I think is the Sandler brand. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. Or at least was like the nineties, early aughts Sandler brand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Carrie, what were your predictions? Um, I think I said that I'd still like it, but because it was an early aught Sandler movie, it would have problems. I had not remembered quite how many problems, although I guess 
based on our viewing of the wedding singer, I should have been more prepared. I was we are not. a decade after the wedding singer. And yet it's somehow more problematic than the wedding I was singer. Say the trans issues are worse. Is it because we had an actual and we I don't know that trans issue transness was handled well in the wedding singer and the casting of I almost said Alexis Bledel, <laughs> Alexis Arquette, or the use of Alexis Arquette in the movie, not the casting. Um, but at least they were using an actual trans woman. <laughs> Where in this, there's just one joke about when she's like being reintroduced to her friends and like getting caught up with them. And she's like, Maya Rudolph is pregnant. Maya Rudolph plays one of her friends. And then she's like, oh, and like Stacy or whatever, you transitioned. And then it's just like fully a cishet white guy being like, doing like essentially like gay face i mean like yeah "Yeah, girl i did and it's like the layers of problematicness well but also there's a lot of weird gender stuff going on with his cis female co-worker who they subordinate she's the vet tech and he's the vet yes who he repeatedly refers to as a man and misgenders and like because she's not conventionally attractive even though she's tall thin and blonde so right but we've like put her in a weird hairdo and like given her an accent i and her face has like three wrinkles on it so i go <laughs> right truly awful um yeah. and and there was like a an initial joke and i was like maybe that's the only one and then it like becomes a thing it's like a running joke and every time i was like this gets progressively worse mm-hmm. every time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. But There's also a lot of weird, like emasculating of the Sean Astin character. It, he um, has a lisp, which. Yes. Which like, why was that a choice? I also remember like quoting some of his lines as a teenager. I fully saw this movie in theaters. Like I remember thinking that was really funny. And then now as an adult, I'm like, are we just making fun of people with like speech impediments? (laughs) Well, and I think it's a further because like historically stereotypical lisp is he's doing like the sibilant S. He's doing like the gay, the gay lisp kind of thing. And, but he's supposed to be straight throughout the movie his father and adam sandler repeatedly emasculate him and he has like a steroid problem because he's trying to like build i don't know it's all trying to be like mr hawaii correct then uh got disqualified because he has a steroid problem the the neurologist dan Aykroyd, who might have been one of the funniest parts neurologist dan Aykroyd keeps telling him to get off the juice i mean I'm an accurate girl. I'm yeah. So there was a lot of like weird kind of homophobic, transphobic. At the very beginning when there's a montage of the women who um, Adam Sandler has bedded because he likes he lives in Hawaii. So he likes to um, pick up tourists because then there's no future with them. And there's like a one off of Kevin James being like, I met him this way. And the implication is, as is the as they made an entire movie about the joke is that Adam Sandler and Kevin James are gay right which is so funny and it's straight just the joke being like wouldn't it be funny if two men had sex right which is also i don't remember that opening at all i do not i had not remembered at all the premise that he was like this player who lies to hawaiian female tourists the og west elm caleb is what i 
I was like, it, that reference won't hold up. I, I had not remembered. And it's so unnecessary. It is. Yeah. Not- it never really comes back. I think because then there's this period of him being like, well, Drew Barrymore is a local and he can't fall in love with a local, but then he does like pretty quickly. He's just like, yeah, okay. I am falling in love with her. So it's, it doesn't, you don't really need him to not like, he can just be single. Right. Well, and then like his, like Rob Schneider, which we'll get to that whole character, but like his friend played by Rob Schneider was like, this is perfect for you because she won't remember you the next day. So you can like better and move on. And he of course is like, no, that's a terrible thing to do. Like I wouldn't do that. He's like, she has brain injury. I can't do that. And it's like, maybe don't do it to any women yeah and also like you're sort of right she does have a brain injury and yet we're going to buy in that you will do it because that's the yeah so I guess like maybe it's like to show us like oh he's actually a decent guy but again I just don't guy right I don't think we needed him to be this like player there's also like a weird scene where like after he's met Drew Barrymore but before they've he's like committed to being with her he goes on like one more date with a um, tourist and then like tells her like he can't do it because he has feelings for Drew Barrymore and like tells her his jig, which includes that she's like, oh, I'm getting a little tipsy. And he's like, no, you're not. There's no alcohol in that drink. I don't put alcohol in those drinks. And for a second, I was like, okay, are we getting somewhere good? Is he, he was like, I don't put alcohol in those drinks because, and I was like, so that you can later fully consent to sex, even though you'll feel like you're drunk, I guess. Like it's like the opposite of roofing. <clears throat> and I was like, this is going to go to a good place. And then it becomes, I don't put alcohol in those drinks so that you won't fall asleep and you can stay up all night having sex with me. I was like, oh, you opposite roofie them for your own. I mean, he did it. say, he said like for like guilt free. And I was like, cause you'd feel guilty if they couldn't get consent cause they were so drunk. I don't know. It just was like, it was like, it was like, it so easily could have gone into like both a funny and a progressive place. And they were just like, let's not, let's just take it to a non-progressive place. <laughs> well, and to your point about like him being like, no, I would never like have sex with this woman who won't remember the next day because that's horrible. It's kind of like, okay, but it like it at this point in time, it was funny to lie to women to get them in the bed, but it wasn't funny to like make a woman forget you I don't know it's just like you're so close to the point but you didn't get there so so close so close to something good and right. we just backed right away yep <sighs> all right I've got other problematic things but I feel like before we do anything else we gotta go we gotta go Schneider <sighs> yeah so he's fully in brown face he's in brown face this entire movie is he supposed to be a native Hawaiian? I mean, they darkened his skin and he's using an accent. Right. But what is that accent? Like, I mean, that's what I said. So I wrote down like, what ethnicity is Snyder doing? Is he being Polynesian? Is this brown face? This is brown face. Like that was my like, because it's not, it's not like a convincing accent or convincing. Like, it's almost like the joke is, ha ha, look at this white man pretending to be another race but then he's supposed and all of his children are are i don't know if they're native hawaiian i think so like all of his children are like it's just so yeah so i think i got Hmm. like as it went on i had the same sort of train of thought i was like what 
what is Rob Schneider doing? Like, what are we supposed to think he is? And then as we went on, I, I was the tagline for this podcast should just be, what is Rob Schneider doing? That should be like the title of his memoir. Um, no, Carrie, we don't want him writing a memoir. I do not want to, I do not want the world to have a Schneider memoir. Well, and so, so as it went on, I was like, I think he's supposed to be a native Hawaiian. Yes. yes. And that's a problem because first of all, it's like brown. It is brown face. It's brown but face. Second of all, we have other actors in this movie who are actually native Hawaiian. This movie is fairly well populated with native Hawaiian or well, except that like the main story is completely about white people. Correct. I'm not saying like good job on the representation, but a lot of the secondary characters are actual either native Hawaiian or like people of Polynesian descent. Like it, 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 again, it's, it gets close and then fails, you know, like it had all the opportunities and then fails. And it is then about like white people who have colonized this land and are living there. Well, and also Uh, like just into, I mean, even, even in 2004, having Rob Schneider and Brownface was problematic, but particularly like in this time where Native Hawaiians are saying, like, please stop coming to our island. Please stop coming to our islands. Like, tourism is destroying our way of life and our ecosystems. Ecosystems. And it just was like, I really don't need to see, see this. I also like, and I have lots of, t- of things to say about this movie that I did like, but there's almost a part. And this was my issue. I think I maybe was the only person in the world who that's not true. There were lots of people who didn't like white Lotus, but part of my issue with white Lotus is I just felt like I don't need any more stories about white people in Hawaii. Like I, there I, mean, are I think val- the difference between this and white Lotus is that's what white Lotus was saying. Like white Lotus was aware of that and was trying Correct. to tell that I get story. That. But I, but I think my point being like, I just, I am over it. And I get yeah. that this movie came out in 2004. And obviously this movie is trying to do something very different from what White Lotus was doing. But I just, I kind of feel like we're past the point where stories about white people in Hawaii are worthwhile. Well, and I don't think this movie has any, I think there's, I think the criticism you bring up about White Lotus is valid. Like, I think we're telling a story about Colon, like white colonization of Hawaii through the lens of white people, but at least in that there's an awareness of this is a story about like the, the colonization and what we've done right. to Hawaiian culture. Whereas this movie has absolutely no awareness of that. And again, like it's a rom com. I don't necessarily need it to have, you know, some like awareness or commentary on white colonization, but I do need it not to then compound that lack of, of awareness with brown face. There's also no reason this movie couldn't have take place, taken place in Florida. Correct. Like there's no reason or, you couldn't have done this in another American vacation destination with a less fraught history, I guess, like where in America isn't there colonization. So maybe it, <laughs> we live, we're like, we suck. but like you could do this in Fort Lauderdale. Like you could do this in any other, he works at a sea world, which also, no longer holds up but but you you could have done this in florida you could have done this in california you could have done this in a state 
that isn't that is still like a travel destination and gotten that aspect of it without uh, there is an aspect of like appropriation of hawaiian culture that's yeah icky and again like i don't know that we were having those conversations in 2004 and the people who were having those conversations were certainly not adam sandler and rob schneider but (laughs) but from a 2022 i almost said 2020 i almost took us two years back from a 2022 standpoint it is sort of like oh we shouldn't do this anymore yeah to be fair though like i don't know that it's that much different from um forgetting sarah marshall which is a movie we both agreed overwhelmingly did hold up and again i think that part of that assessment on our end was these kind of we weren't thinking and talking about this you and i not people you and me well sure maybe i don't but also there was no brown face like i there was no brown face that's fair like i think that's you're right like I think some of these criticisms could be levied on forgetting Sarah Marshall as well but they didn't Um, make any white actors pretend to be native Hawaiians correct yeah and yeah 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 so Schneider please again like I don't think I don't he's also an idiot he's also like a pothead idiot yeah. And I mean, just sorry, just to go back, like I'm not to defend forgetting Sarah Marshall, but oh, it's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> again, like I don't need my rom-coms to make some commentary on colonization. Yeah. And I think Hawaii is a vacation destination and is a tourist spot. And so if that's part of the story you're telling, I understand why that would be the location. I don't necessarily have a problem with this movie taking place in Hawaii. I do think like there should be more stories about like what's going on and we should have that and Hawaiians and all of that but I don't necessarily have a problem with telling a story in Hawaii that is not otherwise about that I do have a problem with telling a story in Hawaii and using Hawaiian people as the butt of a joke yes and using a white man dressing him up in brown face and using him as the butt of a joke that he is a pothead stoner idiot Correct. Which, why couldn't that character have existed as Rob Schneider? Like, it's not like that's a big stretch for Schneider's acting abilities. I don't know that he's ever not played an idiot stoner. Um, So if you could have kept that character the exact same without putting brown makeup on him. Correct. And make him white. And make him white. But, But also, like, this isn't the only movie where Schneider plays an ethnicity that is not his own. Correct. This isn't so, even the most recent one. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I do think it's an ongoing problem for the Sandlerverse. And yeah. I say that as a Adam Sandler fan. I am a child of 90s Saturday Night Live. I have I have very nostalgic and loving feelings towards Adam Sandler and I cannot I have a hard time reconciling that with it that also like he he continues to make movies he doesn't seem to learn he continues to make movies where this is a problem I was gonna say you know we had this conversation with regard to Seth Rogen and the fact that you know when we talked about knocked up knocked up and then also Long, long shot. shot 
that part of what we love about Seth Rogen, part of what holds up about Seth Rogen is his growth in that Mm -hmm. you see that a, in the work that he does outside of his acting, but then you also see it in his acting and in his characters and in the work that he chooses. And in his interviews. He recently interviews. And like- He is among the only members of the Apatow gang who has come out and said, I will not work with James Franco anymore. James Franco is his best friend. He is the only one who said, it's not going to be for me anymore, dog. He's also- Seth Rogen listens and learns. Yeah, and I think- um, you know, he's a white man in the marijuana industry that is taking his privilege very seriously in that industry. Um, so I, I think an Adam Sandler, as opposed to a Seth Rogen, we don't see that same growth. We continue to see him make these sort of sophomoric stoner comedies, stoner comedies, which I don't necessarily have a problem with, except I that love a sophomore stoner comedy that then they often come with a whole host of offensive comedy. Mm-hmm. That's not necessary. Like we've said, like there was nothing that made this character funnier by the fact that Schneider was playing a native Hawaiian as opposed to a white man. No, the joke is supposed to be, isn't it funny? The brown right. face is the joke. It's not just like, well, he should be a native Hawaiian character. And so instead of casting a native Hawaiian actor, let's put Schneider in brown face. That's part of the joke is how funny is it that this man is in brown face? Right. It's not, which a, yeah. is not a joke that ever lands with us on this podcast. Right. And also it's 2004. It's not, and again, like not that we're going to go watch Breakfast at Tiffany's or any of the other movies that use black, brown, or yellow face and be like, that was a different time. But, but like, this is too, this isn't a different time. This is 2004. Right. There has never been a time where in our, yours and my lifetime where we didn't know this was wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think to get to the stuff that's likable about this movie is there is so much that's likable about this movie. Part of the reason that Barry, and I think that that's part of why I struggle so much is that the more rom-com stuff, when you get away from all like the weird sandlerness of it surrounding it, like the pure rom-com-y stuff is really good and enjoyable and charming and I, so I said, I was like, this is delightful. I wish we didn't have all the extraneous weird Sandler shit, you know? And even like, I think, again, I, I like a sophomore stoner comedy. I think you could still have some extraneous weird Sandler shit without. Yeah. And I don't mean of it. Like, you can like still have, shit, I don't mean like, I don't, I don't mind like the you more can still have a walrus throwing up on a woman, which happens in the first five minutes of this movie. You can have all the jokes about like walrus penis size. Like, right. You can still have all of the dumb shit that isn't offensive. Like, I don't think this movie loses anything by losing that Schneider character or right. just making it. Or the gender guy. stuff. Or like, that's what I mean by like the weird Sandler shit is I feel like that there's a consistency in his in his comedy that has some level of like ethnic offensiveness 
homophobia and transphobia. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, those and are phobia. There's a lot of jokes about and Schneider's wife. Yeah. We never see until the end. Right. Yes. And fat phobia. And there's, and those are constants in his movies. And so when I say like the weird sailor shit, I don't mean like the penis jokes or the vomit jokes or like, I don't mind any of that kind of stuff. It's the, it's the other stuff that just is not necessary. Yeah. Um, And it takes, you're right. Like a very sweet, like kind of lovely creative mm rom-com and sullies it. Yeah. And I don't think, like, I don't know that I didn't, like, read the reviews, but I don't know that the reviews at the time were, like, this movie would be 100% on Rotten Tomatoes if it wasn't for all the offensive stuff. Like, I think, it, I, I don't know that, like, the move people, like, recognized that stuff. As, I don't know that, like, enough people, at least in 2004, probably more now, like, call Sandler out on the shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's probably too famous and influential now to have to have people sort of censoring him from this stuff so right I think it is sort of a thing where I think what I like if we're comparing him to Rogan is that Rogan's feels a lot like I want to be clear Seth not Joe Seth Rogan's growth feels very self-imposed like it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like I think Seth Rogan could continue to make uh movies that are not progressive. I think he could have his marijuana line without doing everything he's doing for um, people of color who are um, sitting in prison for marijuana offensives. Like, I think he could still be doing all that. And the fact that he doesn't, I think is more of a testament to who he is as a person than like what the, than like him feeling like he has to do that. Right. Because there's pressure from studios or external forces. Right. And I think because Adam Sandler also doesn't face those external pressures, but then probably also doesn't feel that in sort of like a personal way. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause again, like the rom-com stuff, I, I mean, there's a reason that we continue to see Sandler and Barrymore together in movies. They have, my God, is she good? fantastic chemistry she's great she the is mo- so wonderful in this realizing movie. it is such subtle perfect sweet little acting in a bananas movie she's so fucking endearing she's incredibly endearing she's also very much like a grounding force in this movie this movie again is otherwise got a lot of like slapstick over the top sophomore comedy she she feels very much like the grounding force in this movie. Um, she's lovely to watch. Like, she, I just love watching her. She's so appealing and charming. And she matches Sandler, him. Like, she makes jokes back to him. Like, yes. he finds, she makes him feel more charming. Yes. Like, in the moments where we see him feel more grounded, he comes across as really delightful and charming in this it's it's sort of you know we've talked a lot about how we like movies where you see the relationship grow and there's a lot of it's not just like oh suddenly we're in love and so in this movie it's interesting because like they're restarting over every day and yet we do see their relationship grow we see what these two people like about each other it's not just like hot people liking each other like we see why they enjoy each other we see why he does this why he commits to every day convincing her to fall in love with him um and they do it relatively quickly like this movie is a tight 90 minutes which 
even though we love in a rom-com. Yes. And so it does seem like we do get to I love you and will you marry me relatively quickly. But I also buy it because their chemistry is so good. And because I think she's so good. And I think when you strip away the like overt sandlerness of it, so is he. I like he writes her a dumb little song on his guitar and it's like classic Sandler. And I go weak for a dumb Sandler song. Like, yeah, because it's sweet and stupid. And that, that is how I like my Adam Sandler. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, in his sweet moments, he's really wonderful and fun to watch. And, um, you know, like there's, there's a scene where like, she's reconnecting with her friends who she hasn't seen since her accident because her brother and father had been like resetting her day every day. And Maya Rudolph, which by the way, I think this is our second rom-com where Maya Rudolph is like before Maya, it's Maya Rudolph. And so she just has like one line. Um, This is more substantial than as good as it gets was the other one where she's literally just like a beat cop in the background. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so there's a scene where Barrymore is reconnecting with her friends and Maya Rudolph um, says, so you make her this video where you tell her why you love her and convince her to fall in love with you every day. And Sandler's like, yeah, basically. And then Rudolph like hits her husband and is like, I can't even get you to like bring me flowers or I don't, I forget what the line was, but like something like that. And I feel like that's the crux of this movie is like the conceit of this while strange is that based in no the science of this movie is uh very weak and delivered to us by Dan Aykroyd and I'm like sure I believe it right I mean I mean the conceit of this movie is that every single day this man has to convince this woman to fall in love with him and and there's something about it that's like well isn't that what we should all be doing no matter how long we've been to get living or been together with our partners or significant others is like showing them every day that you love them. Right. And so there's yes. something really charming and sweet about that idea. I, I like sort it's of the a, premise I like, and I like the, the ROM part of it. Yeah. Yes. It's a very sweet idea. It's a very sweet premise that I, again, I think gets muddied by some of the unnecessary other stuff. Right. Um, <laughs> There is like, you could have a longer, I don't think we need to do it for this podcast, but there is like an interesting consent question. Like once he takes her out on a ship in the middle of the ocean of, and like, she has to be reminded every morning that she's there and like, doesn't really have a way to escape or like make a choice for herself. And like, is married and has a child. The end of this movie is so like, he also wants to, he's had this dream of, um, building a boat and taking it to Alaska to study whales or something. It's unimportant. He's a aqua marine animal that, um, and so the end of this movie. So like she basically tells him at one point that she, he, her father and brother have given up their lives to take care of her. And she doesn't want that from him. And he, she's like, I, this is the eternal sunshininess of it, which is I need uh, to not remember, I'm going to erase you from my journal and we're going to take you out of the video and uh, so that I don't remember you so that you can go on and live your, the dreams you've had. And obviously this doesn't work because he's in love with her and it's revealed in a very sweet scene 
that she's been painting him, that she sees him, even though she doesn't consciously remember him, she sees him in her dreams and has been painting him Um, because she's an art teacher. That's important. Um, And so then basically the end of the movie is that uh, she wakes up um, and watches the video and then goes up and is on a ship in Alaska um, and they are married and they have a kid and and it's sort of like a sweet ending where she her short-term memory loss does not come back but he continues to do this for her each day Mm -hmm. and their relationship is still able to progress but you're right like what if one day she woke up and didn't want to be on a show (laughs) right right too bad um but yeah i don't know i like the ending the kid got me i think because the idea of not being able to remember not being able to remember your child's life I have not watched this movie since becoming an aunt. I don't think you've watched this movie since becoming a mother. And so the idea of not being able to like hold the memories of your children affected me in a way I've never done before. Um, And again, like we're going to assume that he has their child's life in the video, but the kid's like three or four and you're like, oh, one day she's going to wake up and have like a teenager Mm -hmm. and not being, not be able to remember her kids growing up and that made me very sad (laughs) yeah um but it's sweet yeah and sean's dad is there like he gets to go on the the alaska trip with them so you assume that adam sandler is getting some help taking care of drew barrymore and the kid well i feel like it also like if you're waking up every morning and having to sort of like reorient yourself to like who you are and where you are and stuff it would be very calming to have somebody you do remember yes. when you're having to like re-meet the other people in your life every day that's a fair point so sea world doesn't hold up right i mean it's not sea world it's like sea adventure palace or whatever the fake yeah. name is but i mean to be fair we went to sea world around this time i mean to be fair in the film it appears that they're caring for their animals far better than sea world was sea world would have you believe that too carrie I know. I remember walking through SeaWorld and then being like, we're saving them. And I was like, this is a great place. I want to work here one day. And then cut to 10 years later and it's Blackfish. And I was like, I'm part of the problem. Sure. But I'm just saying for purposes of this movie, I think we can assume that this is not SeaWorld and that it's humane. I don't think we need to like. It's like a rescue. Yeah. Don't go to SeaWorld, guys. Just don't. Go to Alaska or California and go watch whales in their natural or Seattle and go watch whales in their natural habitat. Mm, I don't think I have anything else to say. Oh, in the, in the year interview video, Martha and Snoop are in there separately. I was like, what a world. Right. A world. Like Martha Martha went to jail. Snoop Dogg. I forget what like the Snoop Dogg news. He said he was going to quit smoking marijuana or something. It was like the, the highlights of the year interview. Yeah. Very funny. It was like a time capsule. And I don't know that it, like in a way that like, I think the joke now is like, oh, what a, what a time we were living in. <laughs> Whereas I think the joke, like that wasn't really the joke at that time. No. Anytime you do like a year in review, like there's a 30 rock joke when after um, Avery, Jack's wife has been kidnapped by Kim Jong-un um, and sure. then rescued. Uh, Liz makes her a <laughs> what you missed this year video wrap. <laughs> Um, uh, a wrap, a year wrap up wrap, and if you go rewatch that episode, it's like very funny because it's like two thousand nine or ten or something, right? Yeah, 
will you watch it again? Does the, this is one of those where it's like, I still really like it. Does the problematicness of it. This is not one that I watch super regularly. I think like, I don't have cable, but like if it showed up on cable on a Saturday afternoon, I might watch it, but I don't necessarily seek this one out anyway. Um, I would watch it. Like, I'm not going to like write it off, but it's not a, it's not 16 candles. I'm trying to think of the movies I, we've fully been like written off and I think it's 16 candles. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's not necessarily one I would have sought out anyway. Is it the Sandler rom-com you reach for? Um, not for me. No, not for me. You tip, I, a wedding singer is more than this is. But yeah. I don't know if Big Daddy is a rom-com, but. I do love Big Daddy. I am sure if we watched it now, it would have a lot of problems. That's- but I, I've always preferred Big Daddy and Wedding Singer to this. Yeah, I think this one is like a very, just like such a very specific time in life because I was 15 when it came out. I got dropped yeah. off at Chicago Ridge Mall with Christina Kelly and we went to see it. Like, I feel like so many of this era rom-coms, I'm like, Christina and I watched it because that's all we did. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't ever like go back to it really. I think part of it is that the premise feels so far-fetched. That's part of why it's never been one of my favorites. Like it is a very sweet movie, but it it doesn't it doesn't ring very true because it's not. Like this is not a thing. And so Although Eternal I mean, Sunshine exists and is like prestige. Like, yeah, but that's not one I return to a lot. I do think, I mean, there is an allegory there of like for better for worse like regardless of people's you know ability or whatever like or trauma or injury or whatever like they deserve love and are capable of love and are capable of having full lives yeah so in that way like I appreciate the message but it's not necessarily ever been one of my faves if you first dates yep what are we watching next? Next week we are watching, because we're into the seasonal movies now. Next week we are watching Groundhog Day. Carrie, when was the last time you watched Groundhog Day and what are your predictions? Gosh, I don't know. It's been a while. I think I've seen like pieces here and there, but I it's been a long time since I've watched that movie all the way through. My predictions are that there'll be lots of things about it that I still really like. And I suspect there'll be some problems because it's a fairly old movie and it's also a Bill Murray comedy. So, you know, it's a, it's a white dude comedy. What are your predictions? So I actually watched it fairly recently. I watched it uh, in early 2020 on a uh, pandemic date. If you remember back in the early days of, maybe we just cut this out. We'll talk about it next week. But in the early days of the pandemic, us single people were going on virtual dates. And so I watched a movie and then like had virtual drinks with a man. Um, I remember feeling a little gatekeeper-y of it. So I wonder if I'm going to be a little gatekeeper-y of it here. And then I think it will have problems, but I also... Um, I love Harold Ramis and I love Bill Murray, but more than I love Bill Murray, I love Harold Ramis. So yeah. Great. Where can people find us? You can find us 
on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod. You can find us on Twitter at hold underscore up underscore podcast. Please go follow us on that platforms. I feel like our Instagram's uh, lagging a little bit lately and I want to get it back to its glory days. Um, also you can rate review and subscribe on any platform, including Spotify. So go give us some ratings on Spotify y'all. Um, yep. That's it. Patreon. Oh, we have a Patreon. Um, you can find us on Patreon at whatever link Carrie's going to put in the show notes. Um, we just talked about, and just like that, the first seven episodes, um, and there's also our princess switches episode for Christmas. And then, um, our in on Valentine's day, we will be talking about the movie Valentine's day. So, uh, sign up to our Patreon to get all of those fun bonus episodes and more. Yeah. Bye. Bye.